everybody. Welcome to Music Therapy. I'm Jessica Risker. I'm a musician based here in Chicago and I'm also a licensed clinical professional counselor. Music Therapy is a show slash podcast uh, that I started to discuss music, mental health, creativity, music careers, the music business, the creative process, touring, balancing life and music, anything else that my guests and I want to talk about uh, is what music therapy is about. And um, if you want to know more about the podcast, you can visit my uh, simple but functional new website at musictherapypodcast.com. And also, if you want to learn more about me and uh, my own music, you can visit jessicarisker.com. Tonight, I'm really excited to talk uh, with Bill McKay. Um, I'll have him on in just a second. He just put out a new album, and uh, we have some really interesting things that we're going to talk about. Um, let me go ahead and invite him on. Back. That's weird. You know what? I'm gonna do what Gia requested and. Hey, you know what? Yeah. Are you there? Yes. Okay. Maybe what I do is just use the phone, and that's like instead of the computer. I uh, yeah, just... I think that that's good. I think just okay. use the phone. Okay. It might just take a second till I get used to how I'm gonna hold this, but it's okay. all good. So are you gonna leave? Huh? Oh, you're you're good. Okay, so I don't see any feedback. I don't think so. No, I think it was just a weird, but even after I turned the volume off and, and one of the screens, it was still like happening. I don't know why. That was so weird. But <laughs> all good, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> totally good. Like, uh, weird delay. <laughs> cool. Okay, so, so thank, wow. you. thank you for being on the show. Oh my gosh, such a pleasure already. Um, so how, how do you feel? For... I feel a little like worked up. Thanks for having me. A little worked up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do too. That was so funny. Um, yeah, I feel like uh, the same. And then, and then now, are we talking about the year as a whole, or just recent times, or or this week? Talking about the last five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> but that too. Like last year too. Oh um, my gosh. Yeah, last five minutes was very energized. 
Well, let, okay, let me so start you off with the question I've been starting with, which is, can you, um, can you orient us, the listeners, the viewers, to what a typical week looks like for you these days? Can you kind of give us a, a picture of your life? Good question. Um, yeah, I think so. Well, I, it's been weird because, you know, like along with, with most of us musicians, you know, everybody um, that we know for the most part in music, I think, you know, I lost uh, all my employment in music related employment, you know, for the year <laughs> and all that, nothing new there really. Um, but also I had some other supplementary income and things like that. And, uh, which I got laid off from that as well. So, uh, so the typical weeks have changed in some ways because I've adapted more and more as the years gone on uh -huh. you know, to that. Um, but uh, and when I say adapted, I think what I mean is that I, I, it was like learning how to be productive in a different way, where I didn't have the tension of those other things that I was playing against. You know, that that made made creative work kind of um it just well that's it it just had something to play off against you know the creative work so uh having so much time this year has been weird i found i had to like carve out my week a lot more and just be a little more uh what's the word just concentrated you know on what i was going to do to get some things done you know and get things working do you feel like it helps you to have you know more structure or kind of a schedule does that help your creativity or well i i think uh you know what i'm actually i'm probably overstating in one way because i don't know if i if i have schedules normally that much but i'm pretty good with deadlines and things like that you know it kind of gets my pen moving and uh and uh i i can be really productive when there's something coming up or yeah when there's a deadline or or i only have a certain amount of time that's usually good for me Mm -hmm. um, but I think I'm kind of productive anyway, you know, I'm not, I, I'm usually working on something. So, so I would say sort of weeks have been, you know, I'll take uh, walks, like I'll walk with my wife uh, a couple times a day at least. Uh -huh. and, uh, and then I will, you know, look for different opportunities, music work and other things. And I'll play a bunch. Actually, one thing I'm really happy about is I've played guitar and and other things sang and you know worked on writing like every day of this whole year like i really haven't wow. missed missed a day which which surprised me because there was a lot of you know everybody's had some real dark days this year or lots of yeah. them right so yeah. i feel fortunate um that i've been uh had a couple practices that were really grounding that i that i just kept to you know you mentioned that so that sounds like that's one of them that that was an intentional um activity or effort that you made to play every day exactly yeah um yeah and it was um and really just coming from the urge to do it but maybe the urge was there was more fuel on the fire to do it you know because i'm trying to deal with all of this this psychological material like everybody is this year you know yeah and uh with things being heightened in the way that they have been i it's really helped me to just do that and often I'll play for a good while um, and some you know it depends what the day's like sometimes um, you know the the times all vary in the intensity of it but it's been it's been very consistent so I was that's kind of been encouraging to see that you know does that surprise you um, it it doesn't 
surprise. Well, I don't know why. I guess it does a little bit. I don't know why. I'm not sure why. Because um, I, I normally play a lot anyway. But maybe maybe because of the the psychological tensions and stuff that I feel like, you know, I've encountered and people around me have encountered. Um, and especially those first few months of the year or half of the year even, it seemed like lots of people I knew anyway, and I was kind of in there too, you know, there was a lot of like just feeling sort of confused by by the tension in the air. And, uh, you know, I know that my own drinking and stuff like that increased and uh -huh. that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I think there was, uh, I, I think there was more like trying to grapple with this really unknown and unsettling situations, you know, and, um, so going back to this idea of sort of consistent practices that you've had. So, uh, making sure that you're kind of being musical every day, going for daily walks. Is there anything else that you have tried to keep consistent to, to keep grounded? Yeah, um, I think you're covering the microphone a little bit, just so you know. Okay, gotcha. There you go, that's better. See, I'm trying to adapt to this phone. You're doing uh, great. It's going good? Okay. Yeah. I hope I'm mostly in the frame. Yeah, you're great. Um, and uh, there were a couple things. I mean, this these have also changed a little bit. They sort of dropped off uh, to, with me somewhat, but I was doing a bunch of... Um, yoga with my with my wife Cheryl and there was so there was a lot of yoga at first for quite a while and then even you know any kind of like physical stuff I was trying to do with her also um, some ballet stuff you know whatever things that were on on the net that were cool mm -hmm. or we liked the program or whatever but also just you know our own practice like yoga and or um, you know I would do like meditation on my own and stuff like that too. So those those were helpful. And um, I think also uh, reading, which surprised me. I don't know if you've been doing a lot of reading, like, or if you always, if if you're doing more than you did or less Does before. Does the internet count? Yeah, I think it does. <laughs> Read a lot of news. Yeah, right, a lot of news, yeah. yeah. Um, but I was always like, as a kid especially, and later too, I was always a big reader. Um, so but then i i got so what i felt like i got so busy or life got dense you know in the last mm -hmm. year with all sorts of stuff that i was just really not not doing that uh that kind of creative reading you know or reading plays or poetry much or novels that kind of stuff which i used to do quite a lot of and and um so it surprised me that i i had gotten back into that so much this year you know just really like reading a lot of stuff I'd wanted to read and, um, and uh, new things, you know, and just uncovering new, new things people told me about. And I saw that. Great practice. Was... Yeah. And, and what, sorry, what did you say? Oh, know. that's been a great practice for me as a kind of a meditation, you know? I saw that you had referenced a book. I don't remember right now, a book of plays that influenced your most recent album. Was that part of the reading you had done this year or was that? earlier reading oh it was yeah absolutely yeah it was uh sam shepherd uh seven what's it called seven plays i think it's called seven <laughs> plays yeah um sam shepherd who's that a lot of people know as an actor but is this great playwright too and uh yeah that was one of them and um I, 
you know, I've been for a while, long while, I was just avoiding these big books, you know, anything over three, four inches. Uh-huh. I would, uh, <laughs> I would, you know, I was sticking to short stuff all the time. So that was one of the books. Yeah. And then that was fun because I got really into, like, I used to like to read plays a lot. And then, so I got more into that again. Um, what do you like about plays? Reading plays? Uh, reading plays. I, what do I like about reading plays? Um, there's so many things. People think that's funny sometimes because, you know, obviously plays are kind of written to be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I love the idea of dialogue, you know, like we're having now. Um, I love the interplay and all the different ways that that can go. And, and uh, you know, that's just such a central thing to humanity and, and um, you know, our transmission, our, all of our communication, our transmission of knowledge. And just, I love the idea that somebody can sort of, um, just be in a room and sort of be writing this relationship, you know, and mm-hmm. the idea of filling in the characters with just language. And um, sometimes it's just a page or half page, you know, and you read it and you've got this complete idea of, of these people or this couple um, or this individual. And uh, yeah, I love all the ways that it can go to in, in your mind without having to be on the stage too, so. Very imaginative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so it's kind of like poetry in that way, yet with this sort of definite purpose. Um, the only thing that I think is strange about it sometimes is there are the plays to me where you, uh, on reading them, you don't have any vision of like a stage or any plan. Mm-hmm. And there are the plays I think where I can't quite get out of that. There's Does that make sense? There are the ones where I can see the family, say, in the house or what's yeah. happening or the taxi cab or wherever it is. And that's all I'm kind of seeing. And there are ones where I'm seeing the staging as I'm reading it. And I don't know why that is. And so I which don't. One, which one do you prefer? Well, I like where you're just sort of where you lose all touch with that it's a staged thing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know if that's because some people, the way they write and it's the stage instructions and et cetera. Um, and that certainly doesn't kill it for me. There's one of some of my favorite plays are like that. But it's funny thing to me that you uh, that I'll sometimes see the play as if it's in the theater, like as I'm reading it. Is that weird? I don't know. No, I don't think it's weird. Uh, <laughs> Ellen, Ellen, going back a little bit, it, uh, she asked if you had any suggestions for books or reading, I think is what she's referring to. Anything you oh. want to share? Yeah. Um, you know, I just read this, which is really been amazing by uh, Diane Solway, which is this, um, this is a great, um, great, great biography of this, you know, amazing ballet dancer, um, Nureyev, which, which most probably, how do I, I'm trying to get the picture, that's so weird, why am I doing that that way, it looks like this, <laughs> have I got it straight, sort yeah. of. Yeah, yeah, I can see. I see sharp features. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Chiseled cheekbones. Yeah. Rudolf Nureyev. And this was just one of the best, like, most kind of sterling biographies that I've read. And uh, I don't even know if you have to be interested in dancing or anything to, to get into it, because he's just such a, he had such a forceful, kind of amazing personality in that that uh, comes across in the book, you know? So. There's a question if you write, too. 
Oh, um, hey, Sully. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I've been. That's another thing that was nice about this year is I got, I got deeper into that, into writing, and um, I've been doing it for a long time, for years, and occasionally published a few, a few things, you know, a few um, uh, chat books and things like that, you know, thin, thin volumes. Uh -huh. But um, um, I've been really excited about i guess what's to come because i i'm working on a few uh writings now that will be public you know uh like a book of poetry and then there's some other writings that will come out in a couple of publications uh -huh. so, so um i'm yeah i've been doing that for a long time um but mostly it was either you know it went into a song or it sort of stayed in its in its notebook and uh i had a weird moment about a month ago where i had just gotten this sort of this storehouse of notebooks like a box or something of all this stuff and I almost couldn't I didn't feel like I could physically even write anymore until I dealt with it you know uh -huh. it was like a psychological backlog or something like yeah and uh but it was it turned out to be great for me because I I went through so much of it and typed it up and and started to shape it you know and actually look at what was good in there and and sort of go through it and um you know how it is it's like one of those things you start to go through and every with every uh piece that you get through there's like the psychological weight kind of starts to lessen um you know you're dealing with something that's been on your mind i guess or has been weighing on you a little bit so um, it was so freeing to sort of get through that editing process and i'm still in it but everything is now in off of the page that i wanted to to work with you know it sounds like this has been a really creative year for you it it actually has which is um uh not not a surprise exactly but it's in the in the way it's taken shape it is you know like like those things you know working on stuff intensely in a way that i um like those subjects that i wasn't planning to uh -huh. wouldn't have seen doing it you know um so yeah same for you do you feel like you've yes i do yeah. feel like uh it's been a creative year for myself but i i it's it's been yeah i'll just answer it short yeah yes. then i've done you know the show was born out of it that's kept me going and given me structure and i've written an album and that's been nice but that's i've had a lot of foundational stuff that i think you know if this had happened in other stages of my life, uh, I don't think I would have had as good of a year. Um, but yeah, as, as far as productivity and feeling creative and all that, but right and how it times that and how what you cut out for a second how it linked up with the particular time that we're in and that you're in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you feel, I feel like I, I just have the sense that we could go so many directions and go there for a long time. So I want to make sure that we're covering a lot of the things that, you know, I want to talk about your album. We talked about, um, I'm curious to know a little bit more just about your career. And then you also brought up, and I don't know if you want to talk about this now, but you brought up talking about your dad and growing up in a household where he suffered with some mental illness and are you feeling yeah. like talking about that? Oh yeah, certainly. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, maybe, maybe that first and then 
talk about the album after or vice versa? That sounds good. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll go to the, yes, let's do that. That sounds like a, yeah. okay. That sounds really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, he had been, you know, on my mind hit, he and my mom, like both passed it. Uh, they weren't together, but they passed at about the same age, like 12 years ago. Um, they were both like, uh, 73 and they, uh, and, uh, but my dad, I'd been thinking about a lot because, well, when you, when you asked me about the show, I was like, oh, this would be a good chance to talk about some of this stuff. And, uh, because he was, um, you know, his life had so many aspects to it and, um, and things that relate to, to, uh, uh, you know, all sorts of things like, you know, struggle and creativity and, uh, mm -hmm. psychological issues and, um, and mental health. And he, um, he basically came from a really working class family in Cleveland and he was a musician, a trumpeter and, uh, you know, worked his way up through all of these jobs and fa factories and all of this stuff. And he eventually, uh, graduated law school, you know, became a attorney. Uh -huh. uh, but he, he didn't have his first manic, you know, he, he, he didn't have his first manic episode. Uh, his bipolar episode until he was about uh, 33, I think, or 34. Oh, and I, wow. that's early or late, but you know, he had already had two, two kids, me and my brother and a, a family. And um, how old were you at that time? Oh, I was, uh, I think when he had his, his uh, first episode, I was like one. Okay. And we were living out in Los Angeles where we lived for like when I was one for like uh -huh. a year. And um, he basically, I think it was brought on, he had, there had been some bipolar, um, I don't know what you're saying, um, issues or bipolarism uh, in the family on his mother's side. Uh -huh. And uh, so, but I think that the pressure that he was under with this new job and moving, having moved his family across the country to the West Coast, mm -hmm. I, I think was pretty pivotal in creating this kind of stress that led to him having that kind of attack at that time, you know? And, um, so that was, um, that was sort of the first thing. And, you know, it was something that he didn't have at all times. And I think this is why I also wanted to talk about it because for one thing, this was a really accomplished man who was really creative and, mm -hmm. and did all of, all of these things. And, uh, I feel that there's often a lot of, um, of course, stereotypes about people who, who struggle mentally with various issues like this, mm -hmm. right? And so I think it's important to talk about um, people as regular, you know, as people leading these, all these kinds of varied lives, you know? Yeah. And uh, that they also struggle with this, with this disease or a, a version of this kind of disease. So, um, but there's a, you know, it was something that it recurred uh, sometimes every five years or even every 10 years, but um, it just, and it would often be for brief periods, you know, maybe a two weeks, something like that. But, you know, you can, you can wreak a lot of havoc or, or suffer a lot of, a lot of stuff can break down in a few weeks, you know, like so are you talking about manic episodes every. Exactly. Or so? Yeah. Okay. You'd have manic episodes and uh, they would just sort of, uh, um, you know, they would cause a collapse of a lot of things in a short period of time, uh, especially like employment and uh, sometimes relationships with people, although 
um, not not always, but often uh, he would lose jobs and things like that. And that would be a kind of torturous process, you know, to try to f find work and retool yeah. and deal with the emotional um, baggage of all that too, or the emotional fallout. And then, you know, right. it, it led to our family moving around a, a lot too, from an early age. I was lived in various different places um, in pretty short succession. So um, it was... Yeah, go ahead. I was going to ask if you're, are you comfortable describing like the type of behaviors he would engage in or maybe give an example of something that he would, you know. Oh, yeah. Do when he was manic? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, certainly. Um, a lot of the things would be, would be probably typical things that people, um, other people having that disease experienced or, or people around them have noticed um but it would range from you know very heightened sense of um almost a triumphant sense of grandeur delusion uh -huh. of grandeur say um and plans that would kind of accompany that like you know we should just drive to alaska now or whatever you know things would like would you do that would you all get in the car um not quite that extreme but there'd be versions of that you know uh -huh. sometimes especially when me and my brother were older we went along with him on some of these trips just to keep him safe because he was going to go off at there and do it anyway yes yeah. you know one of these trips say was from pittsburgh to toronto you know just on a whim yeah of course people do things like that on a whim all the time but if this is a was uh, quite different because mm -hmm. you're dealing with somebody who's in a really highly heightened state and um, you know can very easily get into trouble depending on who's around or what which way their emotions go and uh, yeah. so that would be one example with something like that where we would head off somewhere and um, have weird adventures you know trying to just keep our eye on him and make sure he doesn't sort of get in trouble till he comes down and would either you know, if we could, um, sometimes, you know, we, we'd be able to get him into a uh, hospital or a, a facility of some sort till he kind of came down. Um, but in the meantime, you know, weird, weird stuff happens, whether it was uh, him staying up all night, night after night, you know, wanting to do anything at any hour. And um, it was, it, we got into a lot of weird, hairy hairy times that way or uh you know a lot of it was just worrying about what might happen yeah and uh yeah sorry if i'm rambling it's it's sort no. of i want you to talk I, I um i don't yeah i i'm curious i mean it sounds like the way that you're talking about it, it sounds like there was a a recognition or a labeling of he's has this and this happens at a certain point that the family recognized this was something that he would go through did you have that name for it at the time you know were you did he have a diagnosis or how did you guys what was your relationship with that yeah yeah he did he had because uh right after the first um episode that he had mm -hmm. um he was i think that was it he just got an early diagnosis and i'm quite sure at the time yeah that was before by the use of bipolar and it was, which essentially to me is the same manic depression. Yeah. It, manic depression is almost more descriptive in a way, but yeah. he was given that diagnosis and then he was put on lithium. And, um, you know, they're really, this is kind of a pivotal thing to talk about, I think, because 
uh, it gets to the meat of this this area of medicine then uh, where there was really nothing more done for you. You, you saw, he saw a psychiatrist, you know, every week or something who basically just doled out the medicine. Mm -hmm. and, um, nothing, there was no really kind of other therapy or, you know, looking at diet. He was an active person and active guy, like, you know, physical kind of an athlete and stuff, but there was no other um, particular information that you would sort of get in that, in that, with that diagnosis it was pretty much like put people on lithium or a medication like that and then that's kind of that's kind of it well as we know now that wasn't something that just sort of maintained your baseline of um your composure and your baseline it, if uh unless uh nothing else ever happens you know if something dramatic happened or your phys, phys your physiological state changed or in his case, if his state changed, um, you know, that would precipitate a, uh, a manic episode. So it, it wasn't some wonder drug that just sort of kept you at this even keel all the time. Yeah. You know? um, so so that, was, that was weird. And we, it was weird because we were like sort of as kids, you know, we were aware of it. And I, I don't think there was like shame about it on our parts, but it 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 was weird in that sense that when, as a child, I think when you first get a sense that your parents have vulnerabilities yeah. that you didn't, that you didn't see or really recognize before, yeah, it was a, it was one of those things, and this this was like a mysterious vulnerability. It was. Well, that's one of my questions: is how was how was this was this presented to you? You know, sort of formally presented, and you know, your dad or I'm going through this, or was it talked about, or was it just you picked up on it? How how did you guys come to understand? Um, yeah, I think it just it was mostly. Um, I think it was mostly my mom just kind of having some talks with us here and there, and and her not even understanding tons and tons about it, but yeah. you know, she, she had some info, and um, I think it was fairly brief. Like she wasn't closed off about it, but not having a lot of info, it was they were brief talks, as I recall. Um, and we got to understand that they were like these episodes, you know, that they were, and we could see for ourselves too, that they were temporary. They weren't prolonged for forever. Yeah. And so, so we were, you know, kind of understood, which to her credit, as she did make us understand that it was uh, kind of a, a malady of sorts. Um, that it wasn't like dad was just this crazy man or yeah, uh, something like that. You know, it was, I think we kind of got it that it was sort of this medical thing, uh -huh. you know? Um, so, but um, people around obviously didn't, you know, go, I mean, uh, people at the time who he, he worked with, you know, clearly didn't understand that this was, and we've seen a lot of change in this area, right? You know, in, in, yeah, the way societies look at this, but um, so this would be hopefully quite different in a lot of contexts now. But um, you know, if you seem to be kind of crazy and you created some havoc at work um, in those days, you know, you weren't going to be, you weren't going to last. You know. Yeah. And that's what happened quite a bit. So it was tremendous. It was a tremendous amount of upheaval. Um, and yet, you know, he was kind of amazing. I mean, he was like a you know, like he would just get up again. He, his resilience was amazing to me. 
and that's been really inspiring. Um, and he was such a great person too, in like so many ways. So, um, but the way that he could sort of just bounce back from these things um, time after time and, and, you know, get work again and reestablish his life and, yeah. and all of that. And, um, and he was married, you know, after my folks were divorced and stuff and, and all that. So he, um, but it was a lot of, it was tough. It was a lot of struggles. Do you know if any of that played into your parents' divorce? I think, yeah, I think it did. Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, I think there was just a, like a breakage of some sort. That's mm -hmm. that my mom talked about. There was sort of like, a. um, you know, I think there was, there was like an emotional, yeah, there was, I don't know how well suited they really were for each other. Uh -huh. you know, to be frank <laughs> from the beginning. They, it's hard to even imagine them being married now when I think of them as two distinct individuals. Yeah. Kind of things. Um, but I think also there was like the added tension of that. And I think it introduced like a, a fear and in, in my mom and sure. uh, all of that. So how old were you when they got, when they separated or got divorced? Oh, I was, um, I was about, uh, let's see, I was about nine, I think. Okay. Yeah, I think I was about nine, which was the same year or maybe year after I started playing guitar. So, um, so there was, I mean, there was a lot of instability in certain ways in your life growing up with yeah. the manic episodes and a lot of change and then your parents um, divorcing and... Totally. And then us moving quite a bit too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there really is. I'm sometimes ama it amazes me myself that I look back at this like Jesus Christ, like we're. How do you feel that you were impacted by you know having a parent that had a severe mental illness? Well, I think, I think it, um, things that I've thought about are are one that it made me. I mean, I I think I was pretty sensitive already. My folks were pretty pretty sensitive people and had like a sense of. Um, you know, just justice, like, and concern for others. So I, I think it, maybe it pushed me even more that way um, to being um, empathic, you know? Uh -huh. um, and that's, you know, something we're always le all learning about all the time, I think, but um, it did make me more uh, em empathic or like understanding of different people, I think. That's what I feel. Uh-huh. That was one thing. And then um, I think also I feel pretty resilient and that maybe that's related, you know, I, there was a lot of, with all these changes and kind of disruptions, um, I think you naturally sort of develop some kind of strategies, you know, to deal with that. Yeah. Um, it even fed into the music. And uh, like I was talking with my wife um, today about, uh, about the, the sort of sanctuary, if you will, that music and like, practicing an instrument can yeah. get, you know um and there was a lot of that i think i i did burrow into the music and art and yeah i wanted to ask you i mean i do want to ask you about how that you know was you sort of became a character in your life but i mean to go back to something that you just said about being more empathic i you know the way that you presented your dad is you know you're being very careful, like this is a full and complete person and he was a really wonderful person and very strong and amazing in many ways. And he happened to also have bipolar disorder. I feel like that compassion, 
you know, I can feel how that you may feel a certain compassion for people when you can understand the sort of complexity of somebody and not reducing them to maybe a mental illness or something if they're being rude or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's a great way of saying that. Um, and um, yeah, absolutely. I think it's like I said before, too, and I think we're always learning about that. And it's a it's a process um, to, you know, like just compassion is sort of a thing you're always learning. But um, it definitely had an effect on me and uh, in that way. And um, I, I guess those might be the main things that I sort of took, took away um, from that. Um, yeah, it's funny, you know, there's probably the dimensions now that after our talk, I'm going to think about that, that haven't hit me yet um, about it, you know, because there's, there's also a part that I think, and this could have just been something, like I said, I sort of gathered from their personalities too, but um, it was something to see the kind of injustice of how people would uh, treat him sometimes or, um, you know, maybe the kind of comments that I could see that sometimes like friends of his might make or something who, who were still friends, but this kind of like, yeah. oh yeah, Don, he, he's a crazy guy or whatever, you know, like innuendo is yeah. what I'm trying to talk about. So I think that I got sensitive to those kind of things, which seemed like kind of un unjust, you know, so um, those those sort of st things that you, you see are around you a lot, passive aggressive, you know, language and and where where you feel like someone's being untagged, um, attacked unfairly, that kind of thing. So I think I got a little more sensitive to those those scenarios, you know. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you're very protective of them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, we really were. And, and I think, uh, it was something that you felt like you had, had to be. And, and I guess there was part of that, that, that in that also the thing that happens with a lot of people, right? Like if they're in a different sense, like when their parents age, say, where they start to take care of their uh -huh. parents and become a little bit more parental to their parents, you know, yeah. and that sort of thing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think, you know, strangely, as much as he had a hard life and said that sometimes, I, I think he, um, you know, sort of like had a great effect on, on people and, you know, he's very like beloved by a lot of people. And, um, but, uh, it's a, I don't know, it's a kind of double-edged sword. You have, you have that, you know, like that charismatic effect on people. Um, and yet, uh, a lot of people drop, dropped away from him too during the years. So yeah, it's, a, you know, it's one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's great to talk to you about this. I haven't talked with about him that much with, with a whole lot of people. Um, <laughs> or in a, yeah. What were you going to say? Or in a, or in a public forum. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm seeing the responses and the, I don't know if you're seeing the hearts and everything. Maybe you're not always, uh, you're kind of thinking. Oh, I caught a couple. That's nice. Yeah, no, there's a lot of people that I think are really um, responding to what you're sharing. And, um, you know, definitely we all appreciate letting us in. That's a very intimate part of your life. Oh, I, yeah. 
Four hearts. Ah, thanks. No, happy, happy to have the the chance to um, to talk about it more. I, as I said, I think when we we were emailing that uh, there are so many uh, um, things like that, you know, that, that are still even kind of um, not taboo to me, but to people they are taboo or something, or uh -huh. just the kind of things that yeah people don't want to talk about too much or they're painful. So don't you don't hear it but it kind of reminds me of that thing where everybody thinks when someone dies like that you know that you want to be left alone because you're in mourning yeah but so often it's the opposite you know what yeah. i mean so and some people surely do but i in my experience a lot of people in in mourning don't want to exactly be you know left totally alone they they appreciate being reached out to so it's it feels good to to talk and um and um yeah you know make some of those things that are hard i, I don't know every time i encounter that in somebody's uh, life i i think oh it's it is one of those things often you think you know you forget how many people have had something similar yeah um or have dealt with a lot of depression in their life that kind of thing so yeah so but i guess you talk to I mean, you you talk to people all all the time about this stuff. That, that's my job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, it's I mean, it's a, it's a privilege to hear such personal details. Um, yeah, I I want to. You know, I'm I'm cognizant of the time, and I really want to make sure that we talk about your music and your new album. You know, you had kind of, I wanted to segue a little bit, but I just want to make sure we give ample time to where you are now musically. I mean, you had oh. kind of indicated that music became sort of a kind of a safe space or a place for you to kind of go into your own and work on that when you were growing up and maybe missed all this, uh, some of the difficulties or challenges of your family. Um, but I'm, yeah. I'm interested to hear, you know, about, about that, but also very much, and everybody wants to hear about, you know, your newest album, which I really love. It's, it's beautiful. I've been having, I've been listening in the afternoons. It's, it's great. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much, Jessica. Um, I, uh, oh, absolutely. No, we, no, I was glad to make, that you made time for all this stuff, you know, like, um, but I, um, yeah, I'm really, really, really happy. And thanks. I, I'm really happy with the reaction to it. Um, I've listened to it a lot myself and I, I still enjoy putting it on and uh, which seems like a good sign to me. Um, I'm really, uh, yeah, just excited about the, what that me and Nathan, you know, hadn't known each other for a long time, but we seem to have this like pretty quick, quickly appearing chemistry. Uh -huh. And, uh, and so um, we, you know, got the record sort of recorded around the January, February, uh, just leading up before COVID. So I guess that'd be 2019. Uh -huh. And um, it came together pretty, pretty quickly. And we'd had a bunch of performances at the same, the same weekends we were recording it, which the energy of that was kind of going from recording into the nighttime show and then back into the recording, you know, the next uh -huh. day. And, uh, and that, but I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited that people are digging it. And, uh, and this one feels, you know, really meaningful to me. Um, and uh, it's the second one where I've also, last few years, you know, gotten 
gotten back into singing where um which i used to do a bunch of and then i'd sort of gotten gotten into uh a bunch of records and and quite a period you know where i wasn't doing that and then it just naturally really kind of re returned to me so it's uh it's exciting to have some of those new you know more of the the uh, vocal tunes on there on the record as well um so that's um yeah, so I don't know if you have any other any certain questions about it. I could I could ramble on. I'm, I mean, I'm curious. I, I, I like hearing about the album. I'm also curious just as somebody who, you know, has been making albums and I'm always um, interested to hear about artists relationship with their own work. I mean, hearing you say like, I put it on. I like how it sounds. It sounds good. You know, how do you how do you know when you're happy with something or do you do you struggle with that? Or at this point, are you able to produce things that you're pretty happy with? regularly how has that looked over the trajectory of making music for you right oh that's a great way of saying that um i i yeah i do think it kind of has happened a little bit um knock on wood you know um but i i think that there's i'm not sure sure what that is if i'm just like you know maybe i'm getting easy about stuff or i don't think so <laughs> i feel like my standards are not slipping as far as i can tell um but uh i have you know i i have put more into the craft of music i think um it feels to me like more and more you know as the time go has gone on so um but i it, it's funny that you said that because i do remember the period for sure when there was just a string of things and i i'd be happy with parts of it and mm -hmm. but i was never always happy with all of it you know uh -huh. uh, like many people you know and yeah. um and I don't think that's a bad thing. It's kind of like what leads you on, I think, and leads us to it, to to uh, make things better, hopefully. Um, but uh, I have to, having said that, I, it's really gratifying to to look back. Like I feel like now, I I look back at the last five or six records or something, and I uh -huh. and I feel really pleased with them. You know, like I enjoy it, and I'm and it's it feels like I. I think I became more attentive to things, which is helping with that, where I I remember before where I would just, there'd be chunks of some kind of qualities, something to the what I was working on that would kind of just leave my mind or maybe I wasn't aware of them yet, you know, maybe arrangement, things with the arrangements mm -hmm. or played something I was doing that was maybe habitual that I didn't really like. And uh -huh. then there it is, it shows up on the record, of course, because you didn't, you know what I mean? Because- <laughs> yeah those things were still part of your practice. So that was, um, I, I did feel like I started to become more aware and just think of more of like, what's the totality of this? You know, what are all the aspects of like a record or a book or something you're working on a film Yeah. And about Stanley Kubrick. And he was talking about um, the consideration of every like frame and that, you know, that's clearly, he was super, uh, oriented in this one direction, but, and, and very obsessional probably and perfectionistic, but I liked the idea that he was concerned that in every frame, something interesting was happening. And, and otherwise, what was that frame doing? And what, what was that scene doing, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, but still I did struggle for, and, and I'll, I'll struggle more and I don't always love everything I'm doing, but, um, I, I'm enjoying it a lot. And, I did um, certainly go through long periods where I was 
would always be kind of, um, you know, real critical of what I was doing. And um, was it deserved when you go back and listen? Was it better than you thought? Or were you right? I think I think it was all of that. You know, I yeah. think so. I think sometimes it was deserved and things weren't and other times, you know, how you go back and, and you're like, Oh, that's actually pretty good. Yeah. No overcritical about that. Um, it's funny to me thinking about how many things are um, in the music and in also in playing live, for example, that are really your, where your progress seems so incremental and maybe it takes a jump, uh-huh. takes a leap, you know, like a, a big leap sometimes. Um, I was thinking about live performing because it feels really pretty comfortable to me now and has for a while, but there was a period when year, years ago where, um, you know, somebody would tell me like, hey, you know, like by the end of that set, you were literally like had your back to the audience. like you. <laughs> and uh, it was true. And I would almost not be aware of it. I was so, uh, I had so much stage fright, you know, so oh, wow. painfully shy about performing. Um, which, which, which is funny that you're still compelled to do it and you feel that shy about it. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, I hear in what you're saying, you know, part of what I'm taking away is some of where you are now has, has been a result of just kind of time and perseverance and working at it and, and learning and evolving and just kind of you get there. You frustrated at first because it's maybe not quite what you want, but later maybe you kind of figure out how to get that or what to look for. Absolutely. I would agree. Yeah, I think it's 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 like the things that happen or a lot of them that should happen if you keep doing something for and you stay devoted to it yeah do you feel that this album this album keys was it um was it an intentional album and you felt like you accomplished what you set out to do or did it sort of flow out of you and you felt good about just being the the channel for that i think i think it actually was it was a little more the first in a way you know, and I, that might be because rather than going in and just seeing what, what happened, which I think can produce amazing things, um, too, um, and there is improvisation on it, just to speak. but I think it's because we, we had talked, me and Nathan, about the uh, songs and shared songs back and forth that we wanted to put on it, uh-huh. uh, that we wanted to look at recording. And so I think that that made it feel pretty intentional to me. And um so the the surprises were just the nice extra things, the sparks that it threw off as you were doing it, you know, and it felt um, it felt like inspired and and then, you know, um, overdubbing and adding special touches here and there. So, um, but yeah, it did kind of feel like it was a book we were gonna write together, and uh, we were gonna put this thing down. But uh, but I love that that process because it's 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 always or I feel like it always should be or can be um, like a surprise too or I I hope surprising things happen during the process Um, that keeps it real there are there's so many more things that I wish I could ask you about we're running out of time Um, you know I I wish I could ask you about releasing during a pandemic and more about your music career I know we didn't get to cooking learning to cook that was something we had talked about Oh maybe yeah. Talking, um, you know, maybe, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I. <laughs> <Lot>. <laughs> before we end, I want to make sure. Um, can you 
share uh, where people can hear the new album and where they can support your music? Oh, thanks, Jessica. So good talking with you. Yeah, we could talk all night. So hopefully another time. Um, but yeah, they can um, uh, good good spots to to pick up these the new record and others are uh, just like my page on Drag City, like Bill McKay on Drag City, uh -huh. uh, their their site, and then also Bandcamp is really good. You know, like it's just like Bill McKay at Bandcamp. Um, okay. And those are really good. I also have a site I keep pretty updated to. The concert section is a little empty right now, yeah. but but good. it's it's just like my name dot com. So okay, I will be hopefully filling that in more. But it's up to date with records and stuff like that. Thank you. 
Bill for sharing. Um, thank you everybody for sticking around and listening and asking questions and uh, sticking around at the beginning while we got things moving. Um, you can go to musictherapypodcast.com to find out about future guests and events and I've got some exciting news coming up to share with you guys um, but hope you guys are doing well and uh, be back in a couple weeks. Thanks Jessica. Thanks Bill. Bye. Bye.